0: You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to the Pullbox Podcast the International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pollbox Podcast. This is episode 57. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I am your other host, Curtis Finley. And uh, on this week's episode, we're going to talk about a book called Kaiju Max, uh, both written and illustrated by Xander Cannon. Um, Kaiju Max is... A book that has been on my radar for quite a while. I uh, basically about a month before the first issue came out, um, I just through Tumblr managed to catch sort of like the the early wave of this, and uh, and because it was a webcomic before it was no, French? I he, he was just like he's just out there sort of promoting. Oh, okay. It. Um, in order to get the solicitations out there and everything. Right. Um, And it may have even been a couple... Actually, it was probably more like three months beforehand because that's generally when you want to have your order in for your solicitations and blah, blah, blah with Diamond Comics, all that sort of thing that comic readers should know. Um, But, uh, yeah, I remember sort of seeing it. It just came up on my Tumblr dash through somebody that I follow, and I was like, that is a genius idea. I am going to... Throw that on the list of books to read um, for Pullbox at some point. Sort of waiting for the trade to come out. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so when the trade paperback was released, actually the trade paperback was released a little while ago. And uh, and then um, I needed, I actually needed a book <laughs> in order to get the free super saver shipping on Amazon, <laughs> um, which won't happen anymore because now I have Amazon Prime. But. I but th- there are many books and movies in my in my collection that are the result of wow well, just gonna bump it up a little. bit. I'm at twenty dollars. <laughs> if I just find something that's like between five and ten dollars, I'm not killing myself. I'd just be paying for shipping anyways.
0: Yeah. You know they that the Canadian Amazon shipping to thirty five dollars for free shipping. There? Oh yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm
1: glad that I have Prime now. <laughs> um, but this was an eleven dollar book, which like I I at that price you can't go wrong um so i i i really liked it i enjoyed it it was a little bit meandering in the middle but um but but it's kind of it's it's everything that i expected but it's nothing like what i expected so, that, so can we before
0: we get into yeah. the actual story i just want to say that um when you and told me that that was your pick yeah i hadn't i'd never heard of it before yeah and I didn't bother looking into it or seeing what it was, what it was about. So if yeah. you listen back to the last episodes, I was just saying. And Mike's pick is Kaiju Max, which I know nothing about. Yeah, yeah. And then you handed me this book two yeah. weeks ago. And for some reason, I just had completely no interest in it whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and to the point where yesterday, yeah. when I was chatting with you on Facebook about what we're picking for next month, I realized I hadn't read it yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just took, I just wasn't, I, I yeah. don't know. Um, so I had to binge read it last night. And it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, yeah. I didn't know at all that it was, I should have clued in from the title that it was yeah. about giant monsters, but I didn't even clue into
1: that part of it. But, um, it was enjoyable in the end. Yeah, so the concept here is that, um, there's an island, uh, and actually, like, this comes out of sort of, like, the Toho, uh, Godzilla, uh, world, uh, this concept. There's an island where all of the kaiju that have been defeated are kept, um, in in godzilla's universe in his sort of shared monster universe it's just called monster island and (laughs) it's not really like it's just all the monsters are there and in some of the later godzilla movies it's a little bit silly and like there's godzilla jr and right all that sort of stuff um this book plays on a lot of those concepts it plays on a lot of the kaiju tropes but um it's actually first and foremost a prison story. Yeah.
0: I was not expecting it to be, it was, it's actually yeah. a straight up prison story. Yeah.
1: So it's more like orange is the new black, but instead of it being a women's prison, it's a giant monstrous prison. Yeah. Um, like with
0: drug deals and yeah. dirty guards and, and yeah. like everything it's, it was, yeah. Like... So
1: the, the guards are all, uh, like Ultraman yeah. there. I, I, but like, it's so cool because there's this whole fleshed out world where, um, I don't know I don't know what you call Ultraman type characters, which is like What's where like the Super Sentai kinda No well no, because Super Sentai is a is a different thing, right? Like is, Oh, that's Power Rangers. Yeah, right? Super Sentai is Power Rangers. And there's there's hints that there could be Power Ranger, Super Sentai type characters in this. Um So doesn't Ultraman fall under that category? I don't know if, maybe he does, but I think that I think that there's another there's another word for it when it's a character that like transforms into a giant monster to fight giant monsters um i mean i guess the 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 power rangers do that they just use zords instead right um and there's a little bit of that in here uh so basically like the guards are more like ultraman there are people who patrol in like ships that transform or like giant mechs or whatever uh and they're more like the military um or police force or whatever Uh, and then there are all of the monsters and, and the monsters actually get split up into different groups, different gangs, um, different gangs. So it's like nationalities in a prison, right? So you've got like, uh, your, your technology based, um, like rope giant robots. Um, and then you've got all of your, uh, 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 like Japanese monster movie types um, and then you've got like your, uh, uh so they're like the gamma types. Cause like Gamera's just a monster. He's not the result of something. Gamera yeah. just exists. Um, you've got your space alien ones. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, uh, uh, the dinosaur based ones, your, the lizards, And then, and then, uh, Electrogore, our main character falls under, what do they call him? Um, I can't remember the name. I read this at the beginning of the month, and it's been a long month for me. Uh, but I I oh I can't remember. Um, oh, and then there, and there's the the cryptids, which are are all of the like sort of like um, they tend to be a little bit more North American, and there's yeah I was gonna like say the, there's
0: an there's an American influenced monster group in there as yeah, well, yeah
1: yeah which is more the cryptids which are um, sort of like. Sasquatch, but these are obviously on, like, a giant monster right. scale. Um, oh, I can't remember what... what Like Cloverfield. ...category um Electrogore falls under. But they're sort of the more um, out-there, weird uh, uh, monsters, but the ones that are sort of like the cautionary tale type monsters that are the result of like that goat um the demon goat well no he's the cryptid so oh, electro gore is a different he's the ones that that are more like the like godzilla um because electro gore is basically supposed to be our he, yeah, godzilla he's neutral yeah the neutral um uh they refer to him as an anti-hero a lot which is like godzilla is referred yeah. to as an anti-hero in that in that genre um because godzilla in his first appearance is there to destroy tokyo but he's there to destroy tokyo because because of the experimentation with the atomic bomb, right he's he's the result he's of saving that. the world by destroying Tokyo, yeah, so he's like he's a it's a he's there as like a cautionary tale of like this is why we shouldn't experiment with yeah. nuclear weapons because we don't know what the repercussions could be. um and it's a it's a, an an analogy for uh, uh, or not an analogy an allegory for Hiroshima and nuclear fallout and all of that sort of thing. Um, Electrogore is that same sort of thing. Uh, he... But he also... He's got children. Yeah. And that's one of the, the things that makes him unique in, in the story. Um, is that he's captured while he's separated from his children. Yeah, and so basically is captured like it, because he's protecting them. Yeah. Right? Um, so he just needs to get out so that he can save his, save his kids um, so he is because, he, because they um,
0: and this is a plot point yeah. because they need food yeah. and the food comes from the the big round balls of uranium that he yeah. has on the back uh, yeah, of his back that, that he
1: generates like he eats electricity And then when he eats electricity, he transforms it into radioactive energy. And that radioactive energy is what feeds his children. So he needs to get home to feed his children. Yeah. So he's, it's, it's almost like a, a, like he's, it's in his nature, right? So he's not doing anything wrong. He's not malicious. He's not evil. Some of these monsters are certainly evil. They're, they're, they're to destroy humanity, right? Um, definitely like the aliens are very much like, that's <laughs> yeah. their interest is in the destruction of humanity. Um, but Electrogore is, is sort of heroic in the sense that like, he's just trying to survive and, and he's only there because he was trying, basically stealing a loaf of bread to feed his children, right? Yeah. Like that's sort of the, the analogy there with his character. But then, uh, I, Everything that you expect to happen in a prison movie or a prison story <laughs> ends up happening, right? Like, like you you alluded to, you know, like there's uh, illicit substances, um, which Electro Gore ends up getting tied into because yeah. he's naturally creating these this this radioactivity, and some of the monsters get some of the kaiju get high off of uh, radioactive substances, and his. Yeah. It, it, what he produces has been like banned in the, in the, and, and like the supply has been cut off. So it's this great opportunity for, um, for, uh, what's the, what's the guy's name? Um, cause there's several guards and there's one specific one that, that is a dirty guard. Um, oh yeah, it starts with a J. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, a G it's Gupta. Oh yeah. Uh, so Gupta is is a dirty guard, and he's basically he basically um, makes a deal with Electrogore that he'll help him make sure that his kids are safe as long as he supplies him with this uranium. But then it ends up because he's a dirty guard that he doesn't live up to his side of the deal, and uh, and he's actually in deep with. Uh, the, uh, the queen of the moon. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. Which is hilarious.
0: Um, and it reminded me of that Futurama episode where they, uh, they have like, if there's a theme park on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, there's a, it's just that
1: there's a kaiju
0: casino on the moon moon for monsters (laughs) where the big crime Lord lives like, and it's the queen, right? Yeah. And she's like this huge mob boss in the alien world or in the giant monster world and her son has been captured and sent to prison, but she still is like, that's her into the prison yeah. to do her kind of deals and everything like that. And so, and that's a pretty big plot point because toward the end of the book, um, through a series of events, that son dies. Yeah, because
1: Gupta Gupta has two jobs. He's, he's there to uh, supply the kaiju with their illicit substances and get paid in return for it. Um, which, uh, uh, the, the queen of the moon, she gets a cut. Yeah. Um, but the other part, the more important part for her is that Gupta is there to make sure that her son doesn't go anywhere near any of this stuff. Because one of the reasons why he's in there is because he doesn't have any self-control. Okay. Right. So like, that's the it's sort of subtext, but it's basically like he got pinched because he was reckless yeah. because it was too high to stay off the, the human's <laughs> radar. And he got... And he got thrown into Kaiju Max. Um, so you know, like his Gupta's job is basically to keep um, the what the his, the prince of something or other um, from from getting drugs, and and uh, the, he ends up ODing in the in the prison. Yeah, and that's result. gonna
0: set up a major alien invasion, I'm sure, in a future volume.
1: Yeah, yeah, like there. there this is, this is referred to as season one, yeah. which I really like because a lot of people use the term volume when they're dealing with comics, but this, this book reads very much like a television show, um, and so that season one is like, yeah, this is season one, and it has a through line, it has a beginning, middle, and end, but it ends on a cliffhanger, and, uh, and, and there's like a, a preview of the next volume, um, of the next season. At the end of the book. Yeah.
0: Oh, um, and there, there's another story of um, late, in, late in the game, they bring another uh, monster into the book. Uh, what is his name? Vaughn?
1: I, I, oh, It's
0: on, on the front cover. What's the name on
1: Oh, yeah. All their names are right there. Zahn.
0: Zahn, that's what it is.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Prince Luke. Yeah, so Zahn. I, and Zahn, one of the really interesting things about Zahn is that he's sort of... Um, foreshadowed because there's another character in the prison, the leader of the of the the uh, tech uh, gang, uh, Mechazon. Yeah. Who is, like, he's the... It's the mech- Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah, he's the mech it. version. Yeah. And he was created... His story is my favorite story in the book. Mechazon was created with the specific purpose of destroying Zon. And at a certain point, he... Basically decides that he like he doesn't want to follow through on that. Yeah, and, and goes, he finds religion the cloud, which yeah. is so funny. I'm yeah, like, and he sort <laughs> of like he sort of goes rogue, and because he goes rogue, they don't trust him, so they throw him in Kaiju Max. Yeah, um, and and in Kaiju Max, like yeah, he 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 comes to Jesus basically, but his yep. version of Jesus is. Uh, is is the cloud, is so good. and yeah. it's and the cloud preaches nonviolence. Yeah. So within the the prison, he's sort of like the the born again, and he's like he's got his group of followers, and, uh, and that it, reminds
0: me of um, um, uh, Michael Bluth from Arrested Development. No, not Michael Bluth. Um, what's his dad's name? George. George Bluth. Bluth. Yeah. yeah. From George Arrested Bluth Bluth Development. Scene, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and. And he has this whole storyline that goes from there. And then uh, we find out that, like, sort of, he's, um, um, oh, I can't, the word just fell out of my head. I had it and then it was gone. Uh, estranged from his family, from yep. his father, his creator, uh, uh, the the scientist who built him. Yeah. And his sister, another robot that his that that this inventor created, um, Who's who is it, quite a bit more advanced. Yeah, she's and she's she, more. She's not as big as the other monsters. Yeah, she um, reminds me of RC from Transformers. Yeah, she's very much designed after RC, um, and uh, and and she's just been like upgraded and she's like ready for the field and yeah. that is foreshadowing for the next season because the one of the things that they show at the end. Is is this idea that that it's gonna be her job to bring in the the escaped prisoners from the end of this book, yeah. one of which is Electrogore. So, um, yeah, like I feel like MechaZon's story is gonna continue into the next season. Yeah. But uh, but the most interesting part of his story is that uh, towards the end, when Zahn shows up and Zahn confronts MechaZon knowing that Mechazon is programmed to destroy Zahn. Yeah. So Zon, Mechazon has to like fight his programming, because the second that he sees Zahn, like all of the missiles start to, to... Yep, and there's little warning lights. Yeah. His
0: internal sensors go red and everything. Yeah,
1: um, and, and, but he fights it, and he holds on to it, and he yeah. doesn't bite, he doesn't attack. Yeah. Um, and just his character just had so much depth. And it was just such an interesting character Um, because here he is, like it's his, his arch nemesis shows up Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he, he fights the urge. He is actually like, he's reformed, right? Like he, he's even to the point where like, they won't let him out. Like they're not going to release him from Kaiju Max because he won't do what he's intended to do. He won't follow through on his, on his programming. Um and if he's not gonna do that then he can't be trusted, so just keep him in Kaiju Max where he's yeah. where he's no where he can't harm anybody and he won't go rogue again. Um the yeah. the brilliance
0: of this book is that it takes all of the archetypes yeah. of a prison prison TV show or like, you know, prison breaker or anything yeah. like that or um, uh, what we saw in, in, you know, Daredevil season two, even yeah. and that kind of thing, and also all of the archetypes from these yeah. big monster movies, Godzilla, and puts them together seamlessly, like yeah. believably, and um, creates this whole world. Uh, and now this is only six issues that they yeah. calls season one. Um, if this were a TV series, it would it would be too long drawn out because yeah. all this volume does is set up. It's completely all set oh, up for sure. all of these different plot lines that are going to go crazy in season two. Yeah. Um, so it's very much an introductory book. Um, and you said it meanders a little bit in the middle, yeah. which is because, because they're setting, setting all these, these yeah, things up. We're
1: kind of, we're kind of get a little bit tired. And, and, and I think like and there we are a we lot focus of characters. All, there are a lot of characters and we focus a lot on Gupta and like the second and third issues. And yeah. and so you're kind of taken away from Electro-Gore's storyline really quickly. And you're kind of going like, well, let's get back to that. But one of the reasons why you don't get back to that is because there's not really anything yeah. else to tell with his character right. until he breaks out, right? Um, or until he meets um, Zahn. Zahn. Yeah, so when, when Zahn shows up, Zahn, Zahn impregnates Electrogore with his... <laughs> uh, his, his, it, it, there's offspring. basically a shower rape scene. Yeah. Is what it is, which you see in
0: yeah. mo- these prison movies. All the time, yeah. Right. Um,
1: and Zahn actually has like an affair with one of the, one of the guards, with one of the guards, yeah. with the female guard who's like, who, who is in love with, with Kaiju, which is a funny, because that's, that is a trope from Kaiju movies where there is often a character. You see it in Pacific Rim. Um, uh, it's a whole the King Kong thing, right? Yeah, well, or not, no, I guess no, not but there's, there's a, there are characters often in Godzilla and those types of movies that are like the cheerleader for the anti-hero yeah. monster um, and that are there to, to serve the purpose of like saying to the audience, no, this one is the good one. Ghidorah is the bad guy, yeah. right? Ghidorah is a space alien that's come to destroy Earth. Godzilla may have caused problems in the past but that was because we provoked those problems but when we need him he will be here to defend us right yeah. um Ken Watanabe's character in the recent Gareth Edwards Godzilla movie plays that role where right. he says you know like there's there are two monsters here there's actually there ends up being three but there's the bug giant bug monster that uh we unleash because of our human stupidity um, and then Godzilla is a is awoken as a result of that in order to destroy these monsters and bring balance back to to the ecosystem. Yeah, and like so, it, there's often that type of character, um, and they take that and they push that to its extreme to where she's not just like you see in her in her origin story why she feels that way about kaiju. Yeah, but then she gets these powers and then it gets pushed to the nth degree to where she's like in love with them. Yeah. Um and it's sort of kind of weird <laughs> and gross. Especially because Zahn is not a particularly no. nice to look at monster. <laughs> He's got this rock face or something. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh we haven't even talked about like the style of the book, the artistic style, which is like super cartoony. Yeah, so that was almost the only like an thing... animated series. I loved his character designs. He's got an yeah.
0: incredibly brilliant um and creative mind. Yeah. I found that uh, this was my re- only real issue with the book is that the cartoony style and the like the hardcore prison story yeah. I found kind of didn't match the way it should have oh yeah you so you did, i i, I liked there was that, too that was my, there too much of a dichotomy that was one of my favorite parts oh, okay. is that
1: like the characters are kind of almost cutesy right uh like pokemon almost and then there's this like hardcore storyline going right. on with them so it was kind of that yeah juxtaposition know.
0: there it definitely was a juxtaposition and maybe some yeah. people like it better than others but i thought th- i mean it was i thought it was just a little distracting because it it felt like Especially because sure. they shied away from things like blood. I mean, I guess there's blood, but it's like green color because yeah, they're aliens yeah. and stuff. But it, it seems so G-rated. Yeah. And, but trying really hard to not be is the way I felt when I watched Sucker Punch. Like, this should be an R-rated movie, but it's like rated G or PG or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they're not actually accomplishing the, the uh, I don't know, the 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 attitude that they yeah, want to, sure. to have. Yeah, I get that. I I can understand that. Um, They created their own language of swearing by using other monsters as swear words. (laughs) I thought that was really funny too. So instead of the F word, they said uh, Red King. I can't Red King believe
1: you. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, they used the the term Lizza, L-I-Z-Z-A, as a substitute for something that I won't say. Um, right yeah yeah <laughs> a, a term for black uh yeah you know african-american
0: people <laughs> yeah uh, and, and um and oh my god is just oh my god god yeah Godge. which is a
1: reference to godzilla yeah because godzilla in japanese is actually gojira yeah right? which so, is really yeah. funny i thought that was yeah. great
0: yeah very creative it's it's this is just a huge love letter to yeah, the if, whole monster yeah if you
1: love uh japanese monster movies like the kaiju uh, film genre, then that you have to read this book.
0: And there's one reference to, um, the actor that played the original Godzilla. Oh, is there? Um, I can't remember. It's, uh, yeah.
1: Um, let me see if I can find it quickly for you here. Sure. Um, yeah, the book is like chock full of stuff and like, I am not, I wouldn't consider myself like a huge kaiju fan. I like kaiju movies. Um, and, and I know them pretty well, but I'm not like a, I have too many other things that I'm a hardcore fan of that I can't, uh, I don't have the capacity for, for all that information. I'd have to forget half of the 151 Pokemon, uh, original Pokemon (laughs) in order to do that. And I'm not willing to do that, but I, I, the book is full of stuff. So other people would definitely find even more, uh, references than even
0: we, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, so yeah, one character says to another Hell, that stupid cloaker pulled a weapon on my on my boy Jiong and had to go all Haruo Nakajima on his ass. And okay, that's, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. actor that wore the rubber suit in the original yeah. Godzilla movie. Um,
1: cloaker. That's the that's the thing. That's why, um, um That's one of the the things that they refer to as. A cloaker is a cloaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I. I think that's it. I think that, I think we've kind of covered the book. Yeah. Front to back. Um,
0: yeah, it's, it's well, really, hopefully, cool. uh, we have influenced some people to check it out because yeah. it's one that I think will
1: definitely I fly think it, under it, the um, radar. It's not what, a major, it's by Oni Press. Yeah. And one of the things that, that I think is really cool about it is that, um, Xander Cannon, the, the writer and artist on the book, um, he, he, explains in, in the afterword. um, sort of like how he came to make this book and it's actually a really cool story and it's really inspirational because Xander Cannon's been working kind of in the background of the comics industry for a long time yeah hasn't he won like Eisner's and stuff I think yeah like he he, and and he's had a pretty good career but because he's worked on superhero stuff and sort of like uh, uh artist for hire work like He's not a household name. He's not one of those artists that, that that stands out for a lot of things because of that. Yeah, And he just sort of like in order to work or in order to, to sort of pay the bills and in order to make a living, he just kind of had to take gigs and was always kind of putting off his own ideas. And eventually he just said to himself, no, I got to stop. I have to do... What I want to do, I have to tell a story that nobody else is going to tell. Yeah. And so he created Kaiju Max and put together a bunch of his favorite things yeah. um, because he just, like, as an artist, he just had to do it. And uh, and I think that's a really cool story that's really inspirational. It's why a lot of people get into things like comics and artistic industries like comics Right. Film, television, video games. And then they end up just being part of the grind, right? And, yeah. uh, and, and um, I love superhero comics, but they can tend to be fairly uninspired when you're talking about like sort of your monthly issues. Yeah. Um, you're just sort of... You know, you, there's an, an editor-in-chief and they're dictating story. Well, and, and it's just and like, and yeah, just it's the of,
0: difference of making, being part of a TV show yeah. or making your own independent film. Yeah. It's like, but making your own independent film takes work like yeah. it, and your own personal drive. And whereas, sacrifice, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas working on a TV show, you have your deadlines and you're held accountable and you, you know, you don't, you get, you get told what to do and it's, yeah. you, you know, that's just being part of the workforce. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can see this is Xander Cannon's independent film.
1: And yeah. And it's a passion project and yeah. it shows. So even, even at points where I found myself sort of slogging through the book in the middle, I was going like, yeah, but like, this is completely unique. It's totally his story. Like, yeah. like the, and, and, and even when the story kind of is whatever, the art pulls you through the book in my opinion, because it's just so well executed. Yeah. Um, even if tonally you find it to be dissonant, <laughs> no, I still, still like the art. Though it's yep. still like you can't you mm-hmm. can't look at any page of this book and be like, nah, "I kind of half-assed that one." <laughs> it's like no, there's like there's detail and and uh, uh, jokes, yeah, visual jokes in ev- on every page of the book, and it's just it's fantastic from start to finish in that respect. I think so. Right. Like that that in and of itself, it Oni Press, right? So they're like it's nine ninety nine US. Cover good price. introductory price um you cannot go wrong at that price so pick it up read the book check yeah. it out enjoy it hopefully you already have um but yeah i'm really glad that i got turned on to this and i'm really glad that we could uh, carve out uh, an episode for it and uh and hopefully bring some attention to it because i think it i think it deserves it I'll, i think it got attention once it was out, once people sort of saw what it was um and uh and i'm looking forward to season two i'll definitely pick it up when it comes out in trade paperback. But uh, that's it. That's it for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about uh, Tetris yep. by Box Brown. Which is a really cool... Another unique book. Um, and a really cool story. Um, and The true and story. The true story of Tetris. Of how Tetris... Came to be the global phenomenon and one of the most important video games ever made. So, and it's not at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did, I mean, did. I didn't know that there was all of this, like, yeah. so much
0: history behind yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. Really great read. Um, and like I said a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to say again, if you haven't read it yet, read it. Read it first, and then we're going to discuss it on next week's episode. Um, and, uh, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's a great book. It's one of my favorite books from this year. I good. think it's one of the best books yeah, published yeah. this year. Yeah, and, I agree. And I, it's fantastic. And, and that's not an unpopular opinion <laughs> that's, I, am actually like going off of what a lot of other people have already said about it out there. Um, basically yep. since it was released a little while ago, well, and I posted a link, good
0: I posted a link on Facebook of, uh, a website that was saying their top most interesting books in October and this was yeah. on the list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then in November, we're going to yeah. be talking about um, Cosplayers by Dash Shaw. Yeah. Um, a book about cosplayers. Yeah. That's basically all I know about that so far. We'll figure out more about it. And then what's your pick for next? Uh, month?
1: Yeah. My poll for next month is actually three books, but we're going to read all three of them because they're pretty, they're pretty quick. Um, it, it's Star Wars Infinities. I've threatened this for a while. Um, and it's difficult for me not to, to just do Star Wars month after month because I have so many Star Wars books that I really love. Um, but Star Wars Infinities is really unique. Uh, there are three volumes to it, um, and each volume covers one of the movies, uh, So the original trilogy. So there's a Star Wars Infinities for a New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. The concept here is what if one key element in the story of Star Wars was different. So in the first book, we open up in the very beginning, uh, we sort of like we, we coast through the story and then we get to Luke in his X-Wing in the trench being pursued by Darth Vader. And instead of using the force, instead of trusting Obi-Wan, he relies on the targeting computer. Uh And by relying on the targeting computer, his shot misses. It doesn't connect. He doesn't destroy the Death Star. The Death Star Oops. clears the planet and destroys the fourth moon of I uh, And so Luke is in his X-Wing. Han and Chewie are in the Millennium Falcon. They narrowly escape. Leia manages to evacuate just before the planet's destroyed. But then the story... Goes in a completely different direction than it would have. Right, because the Empire takes over. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, Leia ends up being captured. Well, by don't give Vader. us, don't give us, don't, oh, don't give it away. Come it, on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's. To, well, there, but there are three books. So yeah. that's Star Wars: Infinity's A New Hope, Empire is a totally different story, um, and Return of the Jedi is a totally different okay. story. They are nice, awesome awesome stories uh and there's so much cool stuff to go that goes on in them um so i look forward to rereading them for i think the fourth or fifth time uh and uh, uh, discussing them in le- at length it'll probably be a really long episode <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> cool uh so yeah that's it that's it for this episode and uh we'll be back next week to talk about tetris yeah keep it real I mean, no, that's not how I end it.
0: Uh, Keep reading comics. (laughs) Keep it real. For more episodes of the Pullbox Podcast, visit us at pullboxpodcast.com or on iTunes. You can
1: find me on various social media websites. Just search for Curtis Findlay. That's Curtis with a K. You can follow me on Twitter at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and, you know, on Tumblr and Instagram and all those other social medias as well. Uh, go to patreon.com slash thunderquack to support us, where you can kick in as little as a dollar and get a bunch of great rewards. The exclusive Thunderquack podcast, as well as access to the Facebook group. And by getting access to the Facebook group, you get that direct line to us to send us suggestions for what we should read on the podcast. If you like this podcast, you can check out other great podcasts on the Thunderquack network by heading to thunderquack.com.